Please, I was asked to speak uh, this morning about Rav Soloveitchik's position about uh, Medina Sisra. Uh, this coming Shabbos, we're going to bench for Shchodesh, Shchodesh Adarishan. And uh, we have a minute that the Chazan holds on to the Sefer Torah, and he says, Rav Soloveitchik goes, he used to explain what does this mean. So he said that uh, one of the essays that they uh, made, that they sent you an email, uh, he quotes part of this, that Rav Sadiqoyen has a line in Amunas Fideyos, which Rav Soloveitchik interpreted to mean, others understand it to mean something else. Rav Soloveitchik interpreted to mean, Eina Moseinu Umo, Ela Betoyrosa, what it means is, that we say, that the only Goy, the only nation that has the status of a Goy is the Jewish people. That's the Gemara at the end of Nazir. The Gemara says that by the woman Salibam, there's no such thing as a goy. There's Mishpachos Adama. There are people related to each other, cousins, uncles, aunts. They get along, they don't get along. But in Jewish people, there's a concept of goy. We're the only goy. We have a Yiddishism, but we refer to a non-Jew as a goy. But strictly speaking, we're the only goy. They're not a good. Kodesh Bochel tells Abraham Avinu, at the beginning of Lech Lecha, Go to Eretzah, Yeschah, the Goy Gadol, We're the only Goy. And Absalvechik used to mention that the Radak has a Michlol, a dictionary of Biblical Hebrew. So he points out that the word Goy comes from the word Gibiyah, Gevin, Asati, the Makim. Gibiyah means a body. The whole Klalisa is considered one big body. As opposed to Umasalam, they don't have that. It's just interesting. Amunas Vedeas, but Rapsadi Goen, on the outside of the book, it says Reish Samakim Rapsadi Goen. So there was some conservative rabbi who translated it into English. He thought that Reish Samakim is a gematria of 263. So he wrote 263 ideas by Rapsadi Goen. There are 263 ideas. Reish Samakim is not a gematria. So Rosh Hashanah is Rapsadi Goen. So, Rav Salvechi used to explain that Karbonus Tzibur have to be paid for by the Tzibur. If you get all the Jews alive today to give money, that's called a Karbon HaShutzen. That's not a Karbon Tzibur. Tzibur means, If you just have all the Jews today who are alive today, that's a Karbon HaShutzen. The Karbon HaShutzen, the sum total is not more, the total is not more than adding up all the individuals. But when you're talking about Klal starting from the days of Abraham Avin until he was Mashiach, then the sum is greater than, than all of the parts added up together. So they used to explain in Megillah Sinus, if Mark quotes this section from Megillah Sinus, there was, during Baishen, there were periods of time that the Beis Amikdash was run by the Tzedukim, a lot of the Kohanim and Tzedukim. So they permitted private families to donate money, they would hang up the sign, all the Korbanus Tzibur this year were paid for by the Shechter family, and nobody gave Matzah Sashekah. So when the Chachamim was successful in kicking out the Tzukim, and they reinstituted the proper mitzvah, Matzah all the years that it was run by the Tzukim, and the money was paid for by private people, that they weren't going to order to be the Bumusafim. Because the minimum sotan has to be a korban sibur. Sibur means all the Jewish people from the days of Abraham Avinu till till Yimos Hamashiach. And if you just 
a private, there's a din, a private person, let's say, I know that you're mechiv to bring a carbon, you can't afford it, so I want to be makdish a carbon, I'm not sure he's kapabochavera. So there's such a din in a carbon yochid, but in a carbon tzipa, there is no such din. The only way that it's considered a carbon tzipa, if, it, if it's paid for by the machzal shepa. So he used to suggest that this was perhaps a machlikas between the tzdukim and the prushim. The tzdukim thought that the carbon tzipa means all the Jews who are alive today. So just like a carbon yochid, so one family can give all the money on behalf of the, all the shutfim today, and we assume it's not so that there's some total is more than everything all added up together. Where do you, how did he get, how did Rapsalvechi get this idea that Klaliso consists of all the people from all the generations together? Because the Gemara says, when the Pasuk says, when you have to bring an egg rufa, and you find a murdered, a Jewish body murdered, and it's so measured to the closest cities, city that's close has to bring an egg rufa, so it says the Kohanim should recite the Tvila, Kapalam Chesol Shet Padisa Hashem. Who is Hashem Padisa Hashem? The Yotze Mitzrayim. The Rufa is a kapara on behalf of Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael, not only the people in this city. Klal Yisrael means all the Jewish people from the days of Rabbi Avid, including the Yotz and Mitzrayim, everybody. That's Klal Yisrael. So this was a big issue when they founded the Medina in 1948. Many of the people wanted to break off their attachment to the Jews and Golas. The Jews and Golas was a different kind of a Jew, and we're going to be a different Jew. They, want, they don't want to have any connection at all. They want to cut off their attachment to the Jews from different generations. They didn't want to have anything to do with the Golas. Now we have Eretz Yisrael. There was a movement that we should stop learning Talmud Babli. Any sefer that was written in Chutzlars, we shouldn't use. We should only use Talmud Yerushalmi. And all these ones are written in Eretz Yisrael. And break off our connection with anything from Golas. So that's what uh, Rab Salavechik always insisted, no? That uh, the Hakamas Hamadina doesn't mean that you break off your ties to the past and you break off your ties to the Chutzlors. The Jews all over the world are connected together. It's one big nation. This is one of the big things that he was tumbling about. Many of the um, people, many of the religious Jews who moved to Eretz Yisrael, and the founders of the Medina were very secular. The whole, the whole purpose of founding the Medina was that this should take the place of the religion. From now on, you won't have to be observant. So uh, take, for example, Netanyahu's father-in-law learned in Novartic. And after the age of 80, he wrote a book in Hebrew. I think his name is Ben Artsy. So he, uh, <clears throat> he wrote a book in Hebrew about the Rabbanim in Novartic that he knew. And when he came to Eretzol, he gave everything up. He stopped observing all the mitzvahs. And uh, one Shabbos uh, morning, one, he had three sons. So his youngest son disappeared. They didn't know where he was. So finally he came home late. And he asked him, he writes in his, uh, in his book about the Rabbanim in Navarna. Uh, so he writes, he asked his son, where were you? So his son said he found there was a shul on the kibbutz. So he went to the shul. So the father was very upset. We don't need the shul, we don't need the Torah anymore, we don't need the Rabbanim, we just need the, the Medina and Sahal in the Supreme Court. We don't need any of that stuff anymore. So the mother said, what do you care? He wants to go to shul, let him go to shul. So he, every so often he would go to shul. He's a religious now. He teaches Tanakh and some of the yeshivas. So um, after a couple of years, his oldest son worked for a living and he came, he was married. 
And he came home and he told the parents, uh, good news, he's moving to America. Why are you moving to America? Because I'll make more money. Whatever he does, I'm going to make more money in America. So the father said, what do you mean? But all we have is Eretz Yisrael, the Medina, with the Tzahal, with the Supreme Court. He said, I want to make more money. So he left. So this youngest son said, if you don't believe in Tyre and Mitzvah, why should you live in Eretz Yisrael? Then a couple of years later, the next son came, also married. He says, he's moving to America. Why move to America? He's going to make more money. So he said, but what do you mean? All we have, the father said, what, all we have today is uh, the Medina and the Tzahal and the Supreme Court, everything again. And the youngest son said again, if you don't believe in Tyre and Mitzvah, why should you stay in Eretz Yisrael? Make better living in America. So that was on, so that day, he asked, he was 80 years old, he asked his wife, where did I put my tefillin again? So he writes, he's the oldest Balchuvah. He became Balchuvah at the age of 80. Unfortunately, it was a little too late. So he wrote his Echroinus from years before about the Rabbanim and the Vardik that he knew. But this was quite an attitude that they had, that now we don't need the Torah. The whole purpose of moving Torah so was that Zionism, is the, the Medina, is going to take the place of the Torah. You don't need the religion anymore. So that's Rav Soloveitchik <coughs> has, he used to say this in several of the drushes. He has in, more than once in the published essays also. There are people who have such allegiance to the Medina, they have absolute allegiance to the Medina. So he said that's what we call Avodazar. Avodazar means that you have absolute allegiance in anything, uh, anyone other than HaKadosh Baruch in the Torah. That's called Avodazar. <clears throat> the secular press in Eretz Yisrael, right now in the middle of this war, that between 45 and 50% of the soldiers who were getting killed in, in the war in Aza were from Hezbollah. And the Hezbollah doesn't constitute 45% of the soldiers in the army. So how come this is happening? So the explanation they give in the newspapers, because the army doesn't send you to unless you agree. And the people from Hezbollah agree. They ask them, are you prepared to go to Aza? They say yes. So in Aza, there's 40, over 45% of the soldiers are, uh, are from Hezzi Yeshivas. Why is that? So in the secular press, they write, because the Zionists, the religious Zionist parents, and the rabbis in the religious Zionist schools have such a love for the motherland that they inculcate this love into the hearts of their children, and the children love the motherland so much they're prepared to give up the life of the motherland. That's not why they're prepared to give up the life. That's how it is are prepared to give up the life. They'll be prepared to give up the life for Abba and And one of the dinah is that there's Muhammad, but it's not that they have a love for the motherland. A love for the motherland. That's not like Abba You have to love Akadish Baruch, and this is one of the many mitzvahs of Akadish Baruch. So basically, once pointed out the difference between the Rambam and Rabbi Yudah Levi, the way they deal with Eretz Yisrael. The Rambam deals with Eretz Yisrael like one of the mitzvahs. You have certain mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Levi makes Eretz Yisrael much more central in his presentation of Yiddishkeit in, in the uh, Kuzari. So Rabbi Salvation used to point out in the Rambam, though, you have Eretz Yisrael as the location to fulfill the mitzvahs, it's the agricultural mitzvahs, but we have certain mitzvahs that only apply in Eretz Yisrael that have nothing to do with agriculture. Smitha can only be conferred in Eretz Yisrael. And Kiddush HaKadosh and Ibrahashana can only be done by a Bezdin that's in Eretz Yisrael. You can't do Kiddush HaKadosh and Chutzlot except in very rare cases. The Gemara the end of Brachas has. 
And the Egla Rufa only applies in Eretz Yisrael. So Rab Soloveitchik used to explain. The commentaries explained it a little bit, but he explained it better based on the Rambam himself has this. The Rambam in the Pirish HaMishnayis uh, on Bechoyres, I think on the Abchot Test. The Mishnah there mentions by Rab Tarfin. Rab Tarfin once made a mistake in Psaq. Yeah, they had a shayla about uh, a female cow where the rechem was removed. The whole rechem was removed. So Rab Tarfin mistakenly passed on that it's a trefer. And they had shafted the cow. So he said you have to feed it to the dogs because it's a, it's a trefer. So they had to feed it to the dogs. Then he realized that he made a mistake that it doesn't make it a trefer. So he said, I'm going to have to pay because they listened to my psaq and they, and they threw it out. So they told him, you don't have to pay because you have smicha. So the Ramam there happens to, instead of writing it in Sanhedrin, where you, where you should have written all the dinam of smicha, the Pirisham Shlach Sanhedrin, and Hilchah Sanhedrin has all the dinam of smicha in Peridamit. So he writes it in Pirisham Shlach, he's over there in Pchoris on that Mishnah. So he writes that the reason why smicha, the Gemara has the din, smicha can only be conferred in Eretz of the Gemara, doesn't say the Mokar. So the Ramam says, because smicha is not a private affair, that the Rebbe has smicha ishmi pish and he transmits it to his uh, Talmud. Smicha, the Rebbe is conferring smicha as representing all of Kalal Yisrael. Kalal Yisrael only applies to those Jews who live in Eretz Yisrael. The Jews who live in Chutz Lords have Kedushos Yisrael, but they're not part of Kalal Yisrael. We say, when we say a bracha, we say, Asher Kedushon, the Mitzvah So the Mechaif to observe Mitzvah is Kedushos Yisrael. So all of us who live in Chutzlars have Kedushas Yisrael, but Kalal Yisrael only applies to those who live in Eretz Yisrael. The Raman writes the same in the Sefer HaMitzvah, when he has the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh and Ibra Hashan, he counts it as one mitzvah, Kviya Saluach, or the Bishanim counts it as two mitzvahs, Kiddush HaChodesh is one mitzvah, and Ibra Hashan is another mitzvah. The Raman counts it as one mitzvah, so the Raman writes the din that Ibra Hashan and Kiddush HaChodesh, the Kviya Saluach can only be done in Eretz Yisrael because the Bezdin does Kiddush HaChodesh, not Bezdin B'Torah's Bezdin. Bezdin B'Torah's representing Kalal Yisrael. So the Bezdin has to convene in Eretz Yisrael. Only the Jews in Eretz Yisrael have the dinner of Kalal Yisrael. And the Ramam writes, I don't know, Arabic, so I use the Hebrew translation. So in the Hebrew translation it says, and if one can imagine Chas V'Shalom, that there would be a Shoah, and there wouldn't be any Jews in Eretz, that living in Eretz Yisrael, there would only be millions of Jews living in Chutzlaretz. Then HaKadosh Bocha violated his promise to the Jewish people because he said not only there will always be survivors, he promised that Kalal Yisrael will always exist. And Kalal Yisrael means ten Jews living in Eretz Yisrael. You don't have ten Jews living in Eretz Yisrael, you don't have Kalal Yisrael. So that's what Absolvechik said. There are, there are several mitzvahs, not too many, that only apply in Eretz Yisrael, but they have nothing to do with agriculture. But the reason why they only apply in Eretz Yisrael because of these are chiyuvim of the tzibur. And the tzibur the Kalal Yisrael only applies to those Jews who live in Eretz Yisrael or who relate to Eretz Yisrael. Ben-Gurion used to say, when I was a little boy, we used to hear, he used to say that the Jews of Limech Hutzvah are not Jewish. Because he didn't believe, he, was, uh, he writes in his uh, autobiography that he was an atheist. Maybe he didn't tell the truth, maybe he was not an atheist, but that's what he writes. So uh, as far as he's concerned, no such thing as Kedusha Sisro. So the only thing that he understands is there's a Jewish nation. So he's right. Klal Yisrael only applies to those Jews who live in Eretz Yisrael. Those who live in Chutz Lord are not part of Klal Yisrael. So he used to say that the Jews who live in Chutz Lord are not Jewish. Because in his understanding, the only thing to being Jewish was uh, Klal Yisrael. We understand differently. 
we understand that uh, there's Kedushas Yisrael in addition to being a member of Klal Yisrael. Rabbi Salavechik pointed out there is a Gemara in Yuma, Daftes on the days, where the Gemara discusses which Averis are worse. Abu Dezor, Geler, Ashvich, Hazdamir, together, or Sinaschinam. So the Gemara says the Bais Rishon was destroyed because of the practices of the three Averis, Achamuris, Abu Dezor, Geler, Ashvich, Shvich, Hazdamir. And uh, the Baisheni was destroyed because of Sinaschinam. So which, which Averis is worse? So the Gemara says, so interpreted it in the Gemara, sometimes the Chachamim don't pass in the Shadah, sometimes the Rebbe Shalom pass in the Shadah. Shadah's big Shadah's like this, that have to do with the future of uh, the whole Jewish nation. So the Rebbe Shalom Paskins, and we can tell by history which way the Rebbe Shalom decided to Paskin. So he, so he said, the Gemara says, Bira Turkiyach. The Bais Rishon was only Chorev for 70 years and then it was rebuilt. The Baisheni is Chorev almost 2,000 years and it's still not rebuilt. So it does not show that the Rebbeinu Shalom decided that the Aver of Sinas Chinam, that there's no Achtus and Kali so the Aver of Sinas Chinam is greater than the other three Averis together. So that's why Salabetchik has uh, in one of the essays that you got in the email, he writes the Ramban, the Ramam wrote his Sefer Mitzvah, the Ramam was not the first, it was not the last. The Ramam is based on the Bahag, which was written during the days of the Goenim. And the Sefer Allah is is a Sefer Mitzvah. He lists off which, in his opinion, are the 613 Mitzvah. The Ramam is, the bulk of the Ramam Sefer Mitzvah is based on the Bahag. And here and there, he disagrees strongly with what the Bahag writes. So the. Um, so the Ramban disagrees here and there with details of the Rambam. So the Ramban deletes about 20 mitzvahs says that the Ramban counted and he has to replace them with a different 20. He deletes around 20 mitzvahs Lo says he has to replace them with different mitzvahs Lo says Ramban writes with Derech Eretz. Even when he disagrees with the Ramban. So he writes, he has a list of the mitzvahs that the Ramban forgot. So he has mitzvahs Dalit is the most famous one that the Ramban didn't count the mitzvahs the in the end of Chumash by Midbar, the Chumash writes all the Gvulas, all the borders of Eretz Yisrael. And then the Chumash says a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. So the Raman didn't count that mitzvah. So the, there's a running commentary on the Sefer Mitzvahs to defend the Raman from all the Hasogas of the Ramban. So it's called Megillah Esther. It was written by a man. His mother's name was Esther. She passed away as he was going to Prince. So he wanted to memorialize his mother. So he writes in the introduction... That's why he called the Sefer Megillah Esther. It doesn't matter written by a man, written by a woman, but it's a funny name, Megillah Esther. So he explains why he called it Megillah Esther. So he comes to defend the Rambam, and he quotes the Gemara in the end of Ksubis, where the Gemara says, there's a posseg that appears in Shira Shira three times. So that's famous, Gimel Shavuot. Who made it famous? The Megillah Esther. No one ever heard of the Gimel Shavuos until the Megillah Sester came to defend the Rambam. Why the Rambam didn't count the mitzvah? What mitzvah did he not count? Which mitzvah did he not count? So if you, leave, if you read the Rambam, he's not talking about the mitzvah of Hakam Samadina. The Rambam is talking about the mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. We should all live in Eretz Yisrael. The Megillah Sester misunderstood the Rambam. He thought that the Rambam was adding a new mitzvah of Hakam Samadina. So he says that mitzvah is not noivle dairis, because the Gemara comments on these three psukim, the Gimel Shvuas, 
What what the three shavuos? One of the three shavuos says that the Jewish people will never force the issue of establishing a Medina in Eretz Yisrael. So he says, since the mitzvah is not noeg b'zmanazel, so that's why the Rambam didn't come. That can't be. So there's a long tube in Abinezer where he says that cannot be the reason. Because the Ramam did count the mitzvah of Hakam Samdina. The Ramam, the Perik Aleph, Halach Aleph, and Ilchis Malachim. The Ramam writes, he quotes a Gemara word for word. The Gemara says, Head and Davchof and the base, Gimel Mitzvah, Nitztavi Yisrael, Nitzasim Laoritz. When the Jewish people entered Eretz Yisrael, they became obligated to fulfill three mitzvahs in a specific order. First, Lahamil Lahamelech, to establish a Jewish government controlling all of Eretz Yisrael. And the government has to have everything that a government needs. They have to have a standing army and so on and so forth. Taxes, everything that's necessary. Garbage collection, water purification, whatever. Yeah, like a normal country. And then the Shalamolk, and then Libnas So the Raman does count the mitzvah The mitzvah that the Raman didn't count, the mitzvah to live in Eritisra. So the whole the whole defense that the Megillah says the rights to defend the Ram, why the Ram didn't count the mitzvah is all wrong. He thought the Raman didn't, he thought the attack of the Ramban was that the Ram didn't count the mitzvah of Hakam Samadim. The Raman did count that mitzvah. So Rab Soleitchik in his Russia was assuming like the Megillah says that, uh, that the mitzvah that the Raman didn't count, that the Ramban is talking about is Hakam Samadim. So Rab Soleitchik says, and in Hashemayim, they indicated that the Rabbani Shalom was Machriya, that the din is like the Ramban, that there is a mitzvah to do Hakam Samdina, and that's why in 1948 they established Medina Sisra. There never was a Machlekes on that, the Ramban. The question is whether she can't, as a mitzvah different Yatzma, the mitzvah to live in Eretz Sisra. So that's just uh, that's part, of, part of what you got in the email. When I was a student in high school, um, every couple of years, the, the International Agudas Israel has a Kenesia Hagdoilo. Before Hakamas Hamdina, it used to have it in Europe, in Switzerland, and different places. And now we have Hakamas Hamdina, so they have the Kenesia Hagdoilo in Eretz Israel. So they had it in a hotel, and the hotel had an Israeli flag flying on top of the hotel. So some of the people who came to the Aguda International Convention well, felt uncomfortable having the uh, Israeli flag on top of the uh, hotel. What were they uncomfortable about? They weren't absolutely that they had a sex fake, whether they should recognize the Medina, whether they should, what, what role the flag, flag plays. So they, 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 so they felt they can't tell them to take down the flag. They'll attack them in all the newspapers. So they came up with an idea, someone came up with an idea. They should put up, they had representatives, delegates came from all over the world. So people came from France, from America, from Germany, from England, from all the countries. So there's an Israeli flag because they were flag. There were Israeli representatives of Aguda who were there at the convention. So they should put up all the flags of all the countries so then everything will be kosher. So the newspapers the next day, that's what they did. They put up flags of all the other countries. So the British flag was known as the Union Jack. So the next day in the newspapers in Israel, they had headlines, You're only allowed to have the Israeli flag because the Union Jack was there. The Union Jack was on the British boats that sent back the Jews who were running away from the Nazis, sent them back to be killed by the Nazis. 
So the Union Jack represents England, who was so evil, who was so wicked, that we're killing Jews who were trying to run away from the Nazis. So that's what they attack. Union Jack, So after that incident, Mizrahi always used to have a convention of observation. He was always the main speaker. So he uh, spoke, so that everybody was tumbling about this uh, incident in Eretz Yisrael. So Rav Soloveitchik, in, in one of the essays that you have in Hebrew, so he refers to this. So he says, Flags was only hayrasho in the Midbar, Isha Machleilidigloisam, each Shaver had his own beggar. There was, there's no din ladaris of a flag. But he said, he thinks that there's a Sif and Shulchanar that talks about the Israeli flag. So he said that there's a din in the Gemara at the end of my cut, after all the Hilchas Havelis, the Gemara says, Rabbi Gamliel was a chief rabbi. He was wealthier than most people. And he made a takana that you're not allowed it. You shouldn't bury people with expensive tachrichim. Everybody should be buried with cheap tachrichim. So to make sure he didn't make a takana. He just said, when I die, bury me in plain tachrichim and everyone will do the same. Because it used to be so expensive to take care of the kvura, take care of the levaya that uh, when a relative would die, all the surviving relatives would run away. They wouldn't want to take care of it because they couldn't afford it. It was too expensive. So if not Taiman, we bury everybody in cheap tachrich. So, uh, but in Shulchan Aruch, they quote from the Sefer Hasidim, if someone was killed by the Goyim because he was Jewish and the blood splattered all over his clothing, so the din is you have to bury, I don't know if the din required, but that's the minute you bury all of the blood that came out the Lacha Misa. So if the blood is anyway on his clothing, so instead of putting on tachrichim, you bury him with the big dehaharug to be ma'or rachmei shamayim, that in heaven they should see this fellow was killed by the, by the enemies because he was Jewish, they should have rachmanus on the Jewish people. So Rabbi Salvechik at that time said there was a, there was, there was a, uh, there was a movie I think it was a, um, a historical movie. I think it was called Hill 24 Doesn't Answer. That at the end of the Malchemet HaShachur, so the United Nations decided when the war is over and any area, that has a, a, any area that's under Jewish control that has an Israeli flag belongs to Israel. And every area that doesn't have a Jewish flag belongs to Jordan, belongs to the Arabs. So at that time, the Jewish soldiers, they knew when the deadline was. Had to be by whatever, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. That was the cutoff point. So there were people in this um, historical movie, uh, so they have the way young Jewish soldiers, there was no, they put together an army quickly. So young Jewish soldiers ran to the top of this hill and then they put an Israeli flag and then they were shot, they were killed and they, when they died, they fell on top of the flag. So he said, the Israeli flag, because of that movie, the Israeli flag reminds him of the big day Haru. And in Shulchan Aruch, we violate an old minig, we have a minig from centuries, that we bury everybody in plain Tachrichen, except for a person who was killed because he's Jewish. So then you bury him, and if the blood splattered on his clothing, you bury him in his clothing. So he said, the Israeli flag reminds him of that, uh, of that Sif and Shulchan Aruch. The whole Sefer Hasidim is, uh, there's not dinim, not dinim. But it's a, an issue of Hargosha. So when they wrote this up, I was a student in high school at that time. So the Goddessman Library always used to get the Nturikarta newspaper. They had a weekly. That was called Nishmerat Chomotainam. I don't know if they still put it out. 
But years ago, they used to be a weekly. So they wrote up Rabbi Salavetsky's drasha. I was very, very moved. I thought it's a very beautiful drasha. So they said, this man, this Rabbi Salavetsky, he's a good for nothing. When he got married, his grandfather didn't attend the wedding. His parents didn't attend the wedding. His parents did not attend the wedding. His parents lived in America. And he was in Europe when he got married. They can't blow in the whole life savings just in order to attend it. It cost a fortune. Now you just hop on a plane. You go, you go attend the wedding of a friend in Europe. But then they couldn't afford to go to you. His grandfather wasn't alive anymore. Time died when he was around 15. <laughs> Salvation was 15 years old. His grandfather not going to come back from the dead. But that's, that's attacking him. This man, he's a good for nothing. His grandfather didn't attend his wedding. And his parents didn't attend his wedding either. There were complaints in the early years after Hakama Samadina, there were complaints, the truth, it's documented, it was scandalous things going on. They would take people who are young children who are brought up in religious uh, observant families and they would cut off their payers and they would put them in kibbutzim, where everything was anti-religious. They were trying to destroy the government and Israel was trying to destroy the Jewish religion. So there were complaints, how can Rabbi Salvechik support uh, the Zionist government in Eretz Yisrael. So you have in this one of the essays that's printed, he says the people who run the government, that's the Memshala. Memshala is not the same thing as the Medina. The Medina is a wonderful thing. It's part of our Torah. That's what the Ramban has in the, in the Sefer HaMitzvah and the Pashta says that you didn't need the Hashgochet to pass like the Ramban. The Ramban also says there is a mitzvah to establish a Jewish government a political institution of the Jewish government over Eretz Yisrael. Yerushalayim is, is the political capital of Eretz Yisrael also, political capital of Eretz Yisrael. So he said the Memshala is not the same thing as, as the, the Medina. The Memshala will go, and the Medina is a wonderful thing. It's part of our Torah. They tell over such a story, Rabbi Lau Sr. used to tell over that story every so often. Now he's an old man. I don't think he tells it over anymore. He used to, well, before he was the chief rabbi, uh, he had come to America for the purpose of uh, raising money to buy bonds, Israeli bonds. So he met Rabbi Neuberger from Baltimore Yeshiva. Rabbi Neuberger was the brother-in-law of Rabbi Rudiman. Rabbi Rudiman was the Rosh Yeshiva in learning, and Rabbi Neuberger, Neuberger uh, raised all the money. He took care of the, the, the campus and everything. He did all the, he did all the, all the technical work. So Rabbi Neuberger met Rabbi Lau. So he asked him, would he be interested in meeting my brother-in-law, Rabbi Rudiman? So he said, sure he would. So they rearranged his, uh, his uh, program, and he went to Baltimore. So he was sitting in the waiting room in Rabbi Rudiman's apartment, and he overheard the way Rabbi Rudiman was talking to a young man who had smicha from there. He saw the young man had to be Rabbi Moshe Heinemann. Everybody knows him now. So he, Rabbi Lau, when he used to tell over this story years ago, I think I heard it from him two or three times on different occasions, years apart. He liked to tell over that story. So, um, so he, he didn't know who Rabbi Hadamim was. He just said there was a young Muslim from Nehisho who was the rabbi in the local Aguda, and someone donated a new parochas for the Yom Kodesh in the Aguda, and, uh, and the parochas had a big mug and dover on it. So some of the people in the shul were very upset. How can you have a parochus with a mug and David on it? So Rabbi Rudiman said, what are they upset about? I seem to remember that in Slobodka, they had uh, candelabras or something. I don't know if it was electric or, or uh, candles uh, on the ceiling. 
and it had a whole bunch of mug and on it. So what's wrong? Slabotka had a mug and So the young rabbi said, no, but that was before Hakam Medina. And that was after Hakam Medina. So the mug and represents the Medina. So rabbi, so the, and the one who donated it, donated it, he said, this is the Lezecha Nishmas, the Kedoshim who were killed in the Shoah. And the other said, but how can you have a, a, a parathis with a Mogandov? It represents the Medina. The, and the one donated said, but, it rep- but it's Lezech and Nishmas, the Kedoshim. They were talking different languages. So Rabbi Rudim, so Rabbi Lau, overheard Rabbi Rudim and said, so what's wrong with the Medina? So the young Musmach, Rabbi Heinemann said, what do you mean what's wrong? They cut off the pace of the children and they send it to Shammat Tzorki Butzin. There were terrible things that were going on in the early years. Terrible, terrible things. So he said, so Rabbi Rudiman said, oh, you mean the Memshallah? That's not the Medina. Memshallah, they're rotten people. The Medina is something else. They're two different things. So that's what Rabbi Salvechik also used to distinguish. The Medina is one thing and the Memshallah is something else. In one of the drushes that you got an email, a copy of that drush, Rabbi Salvechik spoke a lot about the concept of Golas Hashkina. And there's mirrors on Shabbos that we say on Shabbos in the morning. We say, Baruch Hashem, Yom Yom. So in the paragraph that begins, it's of So we quote the passage from the Gemara. It says, V'shav Hashem Shivuscha. It doesn't say, Yoshiv That the Pasuk seems to imply that when the Jewish people are in Golas, the Shekhinah is also in Golas. And when, the Shekhinah, and when Kalal is over, we turn back to Eretz Yisrael, will return back from Golis together with the Jewish people, and that'll be the end of the Golis Hashkina. So Absolvechik was warning the Mizrahi, he was always Machazik then. We have to make sure that the Shekhinah comes back. We're just going to get all the Jews to return back there to Israel. Shekhinah is not going to come back, it's going to be a secular country. So, what did we accomplish? We didn't accomplish anything. So, every time he spoke for the Mizrahi, he insisted that they have to support Torah. Torah and Eretz Yisrael and all over the world. And uh, the whole significance of the Medina is together with all the rest of the mitzvahs. It doesn't have, if you're going to have a secular Medina, it doesn't have too much significance. Unfortunately, the uh, Medina is still extremely uh, secular. I was just in Eretz for three weeks for the yeshiva. The Medina is extremely, extremely secular. When Ravdavala Salvechik passed away, Salvechik uh, delivered a hesped. It's interesting, at that time he needed, uh, he had a cancer surgery. So he, when, when his uncle passed away, Leil uh, Arab Yom Kippur, right before Kol Nidre. So he, he needed surgery then, so the doctor told me he was going to deliver a hesped. The doctor told him he shouldn't say a hesped. But he said he has to, his uncle passed away. So he delivered the husband, he went back to Boston, and he had the surgery. So part of the husband was, I think it's printed, part of the husband was that he said, they say that my uncle was an anti-Zionist. So I don't know if that's true, because there was one period of time that Rabelvala's daughter was married to Michael Feinstein, and uh, they were living in America, and Michael Feinstein was together with Rab Soloveitchik, before where Moshe Soloveitchik was still alive, giving Shurim in Yeshiva College, it wasn't the Yeshiva University yet. So Rabbi Soloveitchik had the Rav had a, a kibbutz, like a kolel, but it was all single boys. It wasn't a kolel. He had a group of young boys, a kibbutz of Bnei Torah, who were learning with him 
in Boston. Rabbi Michael Feinstein shared saying sure. Rabbi Michael Feinstein said sure. And the son-in-law of Rabbi Abel, the son of Echi, Rabbi Salvei, they both gave shiurim. <coughs> so, and then later on, he was a rabbi in, uh, in New York. Barbosha Feinstein. <clears throat> so Avdavala spoke to his children on the phone at one point, and he said they have to come back to Eretz within a year, and if they don't come back to Eretz within a year, he will never talk to them again, period. Goodbye. And he hung up the phone. So Rabbi Salvechik said, I don't, know if, I don't know if you would consider that an anti-Zionist. He said, you must come back to Eretz within a year, if not, I'm gonna, not going to talk to you. So how come they all had this impression he's an anti-Zionist? Because, as Rav Soloveitchik said, it says, Everything is going to be this part they didn't print. He said, Everything is going to be the way we dreamt all the years. We were always dreaming about the Melech HaMashiach and the Sanhedrin and the Kain Godel and HaKropos HaKarbonus and the Beis HaMikdosh. And none of that. We don't have anything like that. So it's not the way we were dreaming. We were not dreaming about Ben-Gurion. And we were not dreaming... We were not dreaming about Moshe Sharet and all the other, uh, all the secular people who were running the government in the early years. So that's why my uncle is not happy about what's happening there, so because it doesn't correspond to what the Jewish people were dreaming all the years. And my attitude is that's how he concludes. My attitude is that the Torah has a way of forcing itself on the Medina, and it'll see to it that it'll become It'll turn into everything that we dreamt all the years will turn out to be the case. The Torah has a way of forcing itself on the, on the Metzius. So, perhaps Alechi didn't mention this, but I'll close with this, that they say that when the Chofetz Chaim is on his deathbed, that was before Kama Samadina, that was in the 1930s, so uh, he was talking to the people, the Talmidim around him, and he said he foresees it's going to be a terrible Shoah. So, they're going to kill... They're going to kill thousands and thousands. They killed millions of Jews. He said, they're going to kill many, many Jews. And he said, what's going to be? They're going to kill the whole Jewish people. So he said over the Pasig and Novi, that's in one and a half Torahs, of Hartzian Tia Plata. Yeshua will be in Eretz Yisrael. So those who were there said, but Eretz Yisrael, everything is so secular. The whole Medina is secular. So he said, the Pasig continues, Vahoya Kurdish. Right now it's secular, but it will become Kurdish. So one of the people, and then he passed away. That was the big show up. So one of the people who was there at his deathbed was the one, the Panavijarov, who later on founded the Panavijeshiva in B'nai Brak. And that's the passage that he put on the outside of the building. So that's what Rav Soloveitchik said. It's not the Medina, it's not the way we dreamt all the years. It was very secular. And he encouraged the Mizrahi to have to do a lot of work in Chinuch and Eretz Yisrael and in Chutzlords all over the world. And you have to institute, you have to try to bring back the Shechina. It doesn't make sense. We're going to return back to Eretz, and the Shechina is going to remain in Chutzos. The Shechina is still going to be in Golas. It has to be a Jewish Medina. It has to have a, a Torah Medina. So he said, he thinks the Torah will see, like the Chavetz Chaim said, Torah has a way of forcing itself on the situation. One of the early years, after HaKomas HaMedina, there was a, um, one of the very early years, there was a joint Yom Atzmut observance in Cleveland, sponsored, co-sponsored by the Mizrahi and by the Aguda. So when they printed it in the newspaper, and they sent out the invitation, so it was signed by Mrs. Gifter to encourage women to come, and it was signed by Rabbi May of Loch that they should encourage men to come. So one of the people from Breuer's community, from Washington Heights over here, sent a letter to Rabbi May of Loch, 
How can you co-sponsor a Yomat's Mutter Observance? We don't believe in the Medina. So I would have told her if I would bear up on the block, I would throw the letter in the garbage. He didn't throw it in the garbage. And he, went, he sent them back a letter. And they printed his letter. They printed his letter. So he writes in the letter that over years in Europe, the religious Jews ran away from three different things. One was Zionism. Because Zionism, the whole movement of Zionism was controlled by the secular Jews. They wanted to establish a Medina to take the place of the religion. Like Netanyahu's father-in-law said, we don't need the Torah, we don't need the Shuls, we don't need the Gemara, we just need the Tzahal with the Medina, with the Supreme Court. That's what they said, to replace the whole Torah. So the Orthodox Jews ran away from Zionism, even though Zionism is part of one of the mitzvahs in the Torah. Everybody agrees, one of the mitzvahs to establish Medina. There the Orthodox Jews ran away from the study of Tanakh, because the, uh, because they're giving new interpretations of Tanakh, not according to the traditions that appear in the Gemara and the Midrashim. And then the Apikursim, Achad Ha'am and his Hebra, they were real Apikursim. So they used to deliver, they used to write papers in Hebrew and, and to present papers. They were practicing speaking Hebrew, writing Hebrew and everything. So the Orthodox Jews ran away from it. They said, Loshna Kodesh is Yiddish. Modern Hebrew is, is, is uh, not Loshna Kodesh. Loshna Kodesh is Yiddish. And they didn't want to talk Loshna Kodesh. So Rabbi Meir Bloch wrote in, in his letter to this uh, Balabas that later uh, was printed. It's available in English also, the whole story. So, uh, so he said, we should take back all the three things. It belongs to our religion. Limer Tanach is part of Talmud Torah. To speak Loshna Kodesh, the Raman writes in the Pirish HaMishnais and Pirki Ovis, and the Mishnah HaVizor B'Mitzvah Kala Kavach Amur, that it refers to the Dabeb Loshna Kodesh. And the Zionism is, of course, part of our religion. So that's what Rabbi Salvechik also said. He supported Zionism, but Zionism not as a mitzvah b'fnei Zionism as a chilek of the whole Torah. We just have Zionism without the shechina coming back, without all the, all the rest of the mitzvahs, without Jewish education. So it's worthless. These are several of the ideas that Rav Soloveitchik had on, on the topic of Zionism in general about the Medina. Okay, yes, everyone is to say